Welcome back to the Eye on the Ball podcast. I am Dan I. Well, what a week it has been for the Buffalo Bills. What a difference the week can make from last Monday where we were sitting post-disaster to the New England Patriots to now sitting 5-3 and three and fully back in command of how they want their season to go. The Buffalo Bills beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little too close for comfort, for my sakes, for fans' sakes, coming down to the last play for a fourth straight week. But a win is a win. And if we learned anything in the NFL this week, quote-unquote bad teams can beat, quote-unquote good teams, any week. It's possible. I feel like Bills fans are going to look back at the New England game the way Kansas City fans are going to look at the Denver game. Losing 20, 24, 24 to 9, 24 to 9 without scoring a touchdown in Denver. We'll talk a little bit more about Kansas City in a minute. First, we'll Dig into the Bills a little bit. A 24-18 win over Tampa Bay. A solid win. Flashes of everything the fans wanted to see. And then when it came down to it, managed the game just, just enough to get out of there on Thursday Night Football with a win. It was not the prettiest. You would have hoped for a simpler solution at the end of the game. But it is a win nonetheless. And at the end of the season, having a W there is what's going to matter. Now, there were so many improvements over the previous week in New England where the defense looked hapless against Mac Jones and a cast of no receivers. The offense looked slow and had to chase again and try to play catch-up and just ran out of time in the end. Entirely different storyline this week. And while the score may be close, the overall feeling, I understand a lot of people walked away not feeling great after that game Thursday night. The overall feeling to really look at it is way different than where things stood a week ago. For this game against Tampa Bay, the Bills were in charge of the game. They looked like they were dictating a game as opposed to letting the game dictate them. Behind 10 points early. And chasing that 10 points or chasing whatever lead all the way through to the very end. Against Tampa Bay, they build a lead, they get out early, And by the first drive of the third quarter, they're up sizably. They can put it essentially on cruise control, which they did against a lesser opponent. And they were able to ride it out. The defense, until that final drive of the game, that was as good of an answer for what you saw the previous week as you could have possibly hoped for. Tampa Bay could not move the ball to save their lives. 
you're talking about a team that has legitimate weapons, has good weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And the Bills, for being down Matt Milano and being down Trey White, shut them down. They did not let them move. They didn't go the length of the field. Their only points that they got, the touchdown that Tampa scored in the first half, was off of a turnover where they had a short field to work with. When the Bills were putting the ball deep and get driving into Tampa's end, there was no hope that Tampa was going to be able to bring it back down the length of the field. That greatly contributed to what I think was Sean, Dis- Sean McDermott's decision-making in the fourth quarter, in thir- late third, early fourth, and all the way through to the final drive, choosing to punt four straight possessions. The only time Tampa drove the length of the field was on their second-to-last drive, and it took more than half of the fourth quarter. The Bills were perfectly happy to sit back, let them grind out the clock, waste time that they desperately needed, and put themselves in a tougher position. They were willing to trade a point per minute, essentially, for an 8-9 minute drive for the 8 points that Tampa walked away with from that drive. That is, it got a little hairy at the end, but overall, it worked. The plan went exactly how they wanted it to go. Last Hail Mary, things being really uncomfortable with the throw, the five-yard penalty on Von Miller to give Tampa five more yards. If he doesn't take that penalty, Baker Mayfield's throw might not even make it to the end zone. It was only two, three yards deep with everything he had into it. And Baker looked beat by the end of the game. He was under pressure. He was taking hits. He was running for his life. That was everything he had. And those five extra yards almost made it possible. Now, you can say that they let a bad team hang around. But they really didn't until that point. Yeah, you're one bad bounce, one bad beat from losing that game. But I respect the fact that McDermott has enough faith in his defense and the way they were playing all game, go out there and make a stop. And on the previous drive where Tampa scored, if there's not that face mask penalty on Jordan Phillips on fourth and whatever, the ball game's over right there. And that changes the entire tone of the conversation. If the Bills walked out of that 24-10 to 10 winners, everybody's content. Everybody's happy with what we saw. Josh running a little more, getting a rushing touchdown. The throws, the emergence of Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir. All of these things were positives and improvements and signs of life from this team in a complete performance. They got a little dicey at the very end. You can't discredit the three and a half quarters of work for the chaos at the end. You can certainly think 
hey, if this situation arises again, the Bills have to handle it better, handle it differently. And I'm sure they're looking at it the same way. They're going, all right, how do we adjust for this because it nearly cost us everything in that game? I do not doubt those conversations have been had or are being had at one Bills drive. But they got the job done at the end of the day, and the offense looked better. Josh looked more like himself than we've seen in a few weeks. Over 300 yards, a rushing touchdown, spreading the ball. Looked like he had a little bit of that swagger back. When he scored that rushing touchdown, the way he stopped and just stared up at the crowd, you could tell he could feel it. There was that little bit of life pumped back into him that I think is something the Bills will have to tap into for the rest of the season if they want to really be contenders. You went from last week, we're talking about the Bills in the final playoff position, the seventh seed in the AFC. Barely clinging to it. Can this team even go and get 10 wins and make the playoffs? To through a couple of bounces and one bad game from Kansas City, and all of a sudden the Bills are sitting one game out of the number one seed in the entire conference. It is so early in the season, and there are so many pivotal matchups still to happen. You look at the Bills' schedule and you say, yeah, it's going to be tough. You're going to have the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Dolphins again, Cincinnati this coming week. Huge matchups. Every team has huge matchups left at this point in the season. It's just the nature of the beast that there are a lot of good teams in the AFC and there's only so much crossover. They're going to be playing each other. Miami's looking at their schedule saying they got to play us again. And they lost by 28 to us. I'm sure they want a rematch, but I'm sure at the same time they're thinking that is a very losable game. There's an expectation that the Bills have to play at the level they did against Miami every single week all season long. And while that would be fun, it's so high-octane that it's almost unsustainable. You save that. You know you have that. You dial it up when you need it. And it feels like this coming week on Sunday Night Football is going to be that kind of week where they're going to need it. They're going to have to start fast and continue to burn the whole game. So Kansas City fails to score a touchdown in Denver, a place where Miami scored 10 touchdowns, or a team that Miami scored 10 touchdowns against earlier in the season. Miami has lost to the Bills. The Bills have lost to the Jets. The Jets have lost to the Chiefs. You can go around and around and around. The truth is, at this point, through eight weeks of the NFL season, there is so much parity and there's so much talent, even on teams that 
aren't considered elite or even good. That it is so, so hard to win that you can't think too big picture and think that the Bills at 5-3, and three, season's over, division's gone, got to hope for a wild card. So much can change from week to week. Look at the Minnesota Vikings. Started super slow. Started to put it together over the past couple weeks. Just started to hit their stride. Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles and is going to be lost for the season. The entire prospect of the season changes on one play. As long as the Bills' premier playmakers are healthy, everything is on the table. Everything is alive. There are so many opportunities still ahead to declare a season done at this point. We've even done it with the Jets. Said they had nothing to play for. Suddenly, they're 4-3. and three. Aaron Rodgers looks healthier and healthier every day. If they continue to hang around, they could be majorly problematic in the final month of the season. There's no such thing as a guarantee in Week 8. Nobody wins the Super Bowl in Week 8. However, we still don't know what the identity of the Buffalo Bills is. Losing Dawson Knox to IR out four games. There's going to be big questions about how this offense progresses. And unfortunately, without Dawson Knox, the offense looked very good. They had a spark The ball was spread evenly. We saw the emergence of Dalton Kincaid as a true number one tight end, being able to play tight end instead of a slot receiver. Gabe Davis is a number two. Tampa made it their focus to take away Stephon Diggs. And the Bills turned around and said, fine, here's our other three options that we are going to mow you down with and put up points at will and then coast at the end. They could have gone for any of those fourth downs, and I'm sure they would have gotten at least one of them. We saw it work with Josh and the Buffalo version of the tush push. They could have absolutely picked it up, but they chose to play conservative, and that won't happen in games going forward. There will be games where they have to go and have to push and have to go for it because it isn't as comfortable of a lead, or they are playing from behind. And I think this coming week on Sunday night is going to be the first real test of what this team actually is. One way or another, we are going to find out who the Bills are this week. Is it the same team as last year that comes out and lays an egg against a superior talent? Is it a team that comes out like the Miami game and just blows the brakes off of the team on the other side of the field? Or are they right in the middle, in contention, and is this conference of football across the board as competitive as it seems like, and is this going to be a shootout right to the very end? I think that's the big question for the offense, is 
can they create a Miami moment? This game almost seems custom-built for them to have to score 35 points. Feels like a first one to 35 wins. Because the, the new recipe worked and was successful. And if they tried an extra one of those fourth and ones, fourth and twos, they would have been over 30 points. They very easily could have gotten to 35 points. But it's a question of how do they line up? How do they plan? How do they prepare? How do they come out looking on the first two drives? An entirely different situation to play against a team as talented as Cincinnati. You have to be ready to go right from the jump. You have to see the efficiency. You have to see consistency through all four quarters. So one thing that still continues to worry me is that we see flashes of what they're capable of. You see the brilliance. You see the offense that is untouchable. And then it falters, and it fades, and that game ends up being a six-point game instead of a 26-point game, which it could have been if it stayed brilliant the whole time. That's what I'm looking to see against Cincinnati. That's what you have to have to be successful. You have to be efficient with your offense. You have to have that balance, have the running game to continue to chew clock. You can't have minute and 30-second possessions and give the ball back and gas your defense, which is already thin. You have to be efficient, and then you have to be consistent through all four quarters. When you get to the fourth, if you're up by four points, can you put the game on ice and run the ball and pick up first downs and chew clock and burn timeouts and get a win under any means necessary? Now, what makes Cincinnati such a threat and why they've been able to turn things around after their 1-3 and three start, they're extremely opportunistic. Their defense is top five for turnover ratio. They don't turn the ball over on offense, and they get turnovers on defense. And that gives them short fields, and that gives them an opportunity they capitalize. You look at some of the stats, Cincy's defense is 27th out of 32 in the league when it comes to yards per game that they give up. They give up massive chunks of yards. But they make you work for every inch, and you have to grind it out down the field, and then you have one or two drives where you turn the ball over, and they will cash it in for points. They did it to Brock Purdy in San Francisco. They can do it to any team. Now, that's a lot of reliance on getting the bounce, getting the turnovers. There's only so much you can force. If a team plays smart, does not turn the ball over, is okay with playing a long, drawn-out game, controlling the number of possessions by taking a long time to move up and down the field, if a team can do that, they can beat them. You saw Cleveland in the season opener. Now, Burrow wasn't completely healthy by any stretch of the imagination. But Cleveland, even as ragtag as they've looked on offense, their defense was exceptional and has been all season. 
you have to be willing to contain. And something Sean McDermott defenses do well is contain a number one threat. For Tampa, it was Mike Evans. They took Mike Evans out of the picture for that game. Now, Tampa tried to do the same thing back in Stephon Diggs, and he still finished with half a dozen catches. Was still a factor. But when they tried to be, when Tampa tried to limit that, the Bills found other options. Tampa struggled to find those options. Now, this week in Cincy, you can take away Jamar Chase, who says he's always open. But how do you take away Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins There's and Joe Mixon out of the backfield? They have so many threats that you're going to have to play a cerebral game on defense. You're going to have to be smarter than them on the field. And it's going to be hard. There's going to be so many emotions flowing in this game as well. The last time the Bills walked off this field in Cincinnati, they did not know if DeMar Hamlin was alive. That's the memory that's going to be evoked on Sunday night. And you're back in primetime, night game, with a wild crowd. There's going to be a lot of raw emotion that gets pulled before the game on Sunday. You have to be able to feel that emotion, and then you have to be able to be smart and have a game plan, be able to make adjustments, be able to play on the fly. The biggest defense, the biggest difference for the defense between the biggest difference for the defense between the Miami game and now is the subtraction of Matt Milano and Trey White. And in that Miami game, they were two of the best players. How do you adjust? How do you contain? How do you contain a Joe Mixon in the rushing game? He's their only real option as a running back. And you manage to contain other teams with similar structures. You manage to contain Vegas and Josh Jacobs, the league's leading rusher last year. Held him to nothing. Nothing at all. Once again, this is a game where you look at it and you say, the potential is there. In this team, it's the word that's going to be describing the Bills all season in my brain. Capable. They are absolutely capable of beating Cincinnati. The offense is capable of looking like it did on multiple drives last week. The defense is able to shut teams down and limit all of the damage like they did for good chunks of time last week. They are always capable. And that makes them extremely dangerous as a team. Nobody is overlooking the Bills anymore. You can look at the national media and you can look in the NFL. Nobody overlooks the, the effect that Josh Allen has on a game. The ability that Stephon Diggs has. Nobody overlooks this. They have the potential. They are capable of beating Cincinnati. The question is going to be whether the puzzle pieces all fit together 
and they go out there and do it. And the more I sit and think about it, the more I think they will do it. Now, I could be entirely wrong. We'll see. Either way, the moral of the story for week nine is that we are going to learn what the Bills are. They are either good enough to contend and compete, or they are frauds who have great moments. And it will all be decided in one week. So we'll see what happens as the week goes on. We'll see how injury reports go as the week goes on. Trade deadline Tuesday at 4 p.m. The Bills very well may have another piece by then. They may have another piece before Sunday night's game playing in Cincinnati. It's really hard to see how this week shapes up at this point, but if all things were considered equal where things are at right now, it sets up for a very good game between two teams that are still trying to find their rhythm and still have the potential to be the top two teams at the end. This could be an AFC championship game matchup. We'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, I on the Ball Podcast. Let me know what you think. Do the Bills really stand a chance? Do the Bills make a move at the trade deadline? Is the season over? Are we feeling way better than last week? About the same or even worse? Let me know what you think. As always, go Bills. Go Bills.